Congratulations to the Joplin Globe on the new podcast adventure. Travel Inspirations is delighted to welcome this new initiative to bring news to the four-state community. Discover your next adventure on our website, travelinspirations.travel. Hello, I'm Joe Hadsel. Welcome to In Case You Missed It, sponsored by Travel Inspirations. This episode will run a bit longer than usual. In addition to reviewing the biggest local news stories from last week, we'll talk with Joplin High School's newest principal, Stephen Gilbreth. He stopped by the Globe on a rainy day to talk about school security, bullying, and his excitement to return to a principal position. And now, In Case You Missed It, March 31st, 2019. Three people were injured and hospitalized on March 24th after an assault at a Carthage home. Vincent Kimmel, 60, was charged on Monday with three counts of first-degree assault, three counts of armed criminal action, and one count of first-degree burglary, according to online court records. Officers responded to calls about an assault about 10 p.m. on the 24th and found a man with blood on his shirt upon arrival. That man was arrested and later identified as Kimmel. According to a probable cause affidavit, two of the victims were stabbed multiple times in an incident police said was some sort of argument over money. Crowder College students will see a tuition increase next year. The college's board of trustees on Monday voted to raise tuition rates for the 2019 and 20 academic year from $90 to $92 per credit hour for in-district students, from $143 to $148 per credit hour for out-of-district students, and from $194 to $202 per credit hour for international students. Some fees will also increase. College officials said the tuition increase is necessary to keep up with operating costs as support from the state declines or stays stagnant. The Joplin Public Library is replacing some of the native grasses that had originally been planted on the south and west sides with sodded grass. A project manager for the Landscape Design Company said the native grasses had required more maintenance in their first three to four years, straining the amount of money the library had available. One of the issues was the cost of keeping the native grass beds watered and weeded through their establishment period. The landscape had been designed with input from Joplin residents and library patrons. The Joplin campus of the Kansas City University of Medicine and Biosciences will open a research lab space on the campus of Missouri Southern State University. The lab space in Missouri Southern's annex will draw faculty and students from both campuses on research projects. The first project, to study stress in child welfare workers, is under review for approval. Stephen Gilbreth, Assistant Superintendent of Learning Services for Joplin Schools, on Tuesday was named the principal of Joplin High School. Gilbreth, who secedes Shane Hopper, will start on July 1st, and his salary will remain unchanged from the $130,000 per year that he currently earns. He previously served as a middle school principal before moving into administration for the school district. Coming up, our interview with Dr. Gilbreth. Travel Inspirations is a full-service travel agency in the four states with over 20 years of experience in planning group tours, company incentives, and leisure cruises. Joe, Nancy, and Wendy are eager to customize itineraries to make travel dreams come true. Travel Inspirations is exceeding your expectations and designing your vacation. Follow them on Facebook at Travel Inspirations Carthage or visit them online at travelinspirations.travel or call 417-526-4500. Welcome back. 
On Tuesday night, after the Globe published news of Stephen Gilbert's appointment as principal of Joplin High School, a flood of comments rolled in, and almost every single one was positive. One woman remembered him with an umbrella during a torrential rainpour, walking student after student to their parents' cars. Another, who apparently got in trouble often during her time as a student, remembered him as the best principal ever. The feeling of excitement is mutual. Dr. G is thrilled to return to school as a principal. Joplin High School is a different environment than South Middle School or Memorial Middle School before that, where in 2006 he found himself staring down the barrel of a gun held by a student. He stopped by the Globe to talk about what it means to be a principal again, how he plans to handle bullying, his thoughts about school security, and the music award he would love to win one day. Stephen Gilbreth, thanks yes. for joining us today. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming in from the rain. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, originally, I was supposed to go see you today, but by you coming to see me, you spared this microphone uh, from Very getting good. soaked. I yes. appreciate that. We received announcement that you will be the principal of Joplin High School next year. What are your feelings about going back into a principal situation? I am very, very excited about the opportunity to uh, go back to being a building principal. I have been a building principal for 12 years and three years as an assistant and 12 years as a building principal. And then um, I moved to central office to work on curriculum. But knowing, uh, you know, the opportunity came up to go back to the building and, and be a principal and I really, truly, truly miss being around kids and being around teachers and just the daily interaction and just the the grind of a day, if you will, the things that go on. The school day itself, I just missed all the excitement and and um, making that, that positive difference in people's lives. And so I really, really miss that. And that's what I'm most excited to go back to. Whenever uh, you were the principal at South Middle School, uh, yes. the high schoolers will be a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, I imagine they're a lot alike in some ways, but they're worlds apart in others. Uh, how, are you, how are you planning to handle high school students? Honestly, I think kids are kids. You know, middle school kids, certainly when kids come into sixth grade at the middle school, they have, they have an enormous amount of stress. It's a brand new school. It's a big school. It's a new kind of environment. There are big kids around. They've heard all of the scary stories. They've heard all the exciting stories. And, and I think high school's not really a lot of difference. I think probably the big difference is they just grow a couple feet. and But they have the same needs and they're still kids. And really, I think, you know, the biggest thing is kids, I think people in general, like the idea of structure and they like the idea of having a safe place to come every day where they know somebody cares about them and that they're getting the opportunity to to put their greatest strengths to work. And so I think really the kids are kids and you know I think freshmen enter high school just like sixth graders enter um, middle school with a whole lot of anxiety and you know I know how to um, make kids feel at ease and, and um, ease the minds of teachers that, you know, change is probably one of the most difficult things that people can undergo. And, and um, it changing anything is difficult, you know, and especially a fear of the unknown. And so I want to be that, that um, person that can come in and make that change, that transition very smooth and add the most positive spin on it that I can. 
as kids enter high school, they bring in more adult feelings and adult issues with yes. them. Um, over the last few years, the district has handled issues such as bullying. The school board has heard from parents yes. asking them to uh, to adopt certain movements. Um, yeah. Uh, what is your approach to bullying? How it can be handled, and how do you think uh, how do you think Joplin High School can make progress on whatever problem exists there? Right. You know, I think first of all, it's it's um, it's unacceptable, and people need to be able to come to school every day and to learn and to feel comfortable doing that. And so it really makes it difficult when kids are you know are intimidated by somebody else or made to feel like they they don't belong or, or however that plays out and certainly the 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 first thing is that somebody needs to know you know and so I, I as a middle school principal I always told parents and told kids that if they feel if somebody's making them feel uncomfortable to please let us know you know then then dealing with that issue certainly dealing directly with the issue and 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 outlining that it's not tolerated and um, that you know that it's it, the expectations are that that kind of thing isn't tolerated now that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen and so when it does happen we certainly deal with it directly but I think one thing that we can do as as a faculty as a staff as a group of administrators is to you know make people aware of the fact that that there are so many opportunities for for kids to make one another feel uncomfortable, whether it be through telephones or over their computer or that, you know, they can use social media to really make somebody feel uncomfortable. And so, you know, making sure that we're um, good stewards of that, of using, of using media in an appropriate manner. And, and if it, if, if it becomes an issue, then we limit the, the use of that yeah. in the building, you know, so taking steps to, Make sure that we are giving kids an avenue to to speak up for themselves. And you know the other thing too, a lot of kids sometimes aren't their best aren't their best own advocate. And a lot of times parents may be hesitant to want to call. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to cause problems. And but you know what? I mean, so the other part of that equation then would be to ask teachers to be vigilant in in um, if you see a change in a child, if you notice that um, somebody feels uncomfortable, you know, that look is kind of obvious. If if somebody was bubbly and jovial and now they're not, um, something's going on. Yeah. So to have somebody to transitions is a, is, a, is a great opportunity for teachers to, to get to know a group of kids and then to feel very comfortable with that, that group of kids and for the, that group of kids to feel comfortable with that teacher. So, you know, I think to the, the short answer, and that's kind of a long answer, but the short answer would be to provide opportunities for people to be heard and, and an assurance that, that we're here to do something to help. Yeah, you mentioned parents who may be hesitant to uh, to say anything. Right. Uh, on social media, I see the opposite. Parents oh, who absolutely. turn to social media because they feel like they're not being listened to. Right. Uh, what role does communication with parents and believing parents play into how to handle bullying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's huge. And I think, you know, to keep the lines of communication open with parents and um, with the community it it's super important to 
let people know that they've been heard. I think if people feel like they're being listened to and they're being heard and action is being taken, I think that, you know, they, they will feel more comfortable using appropriate ways to have their feelings expressed and their concerns um, aired. I like the opportunity to fix things before it goes to social media to, hey, you know, maybe not all the facts are known and somebody goes out and, and, um, and says unkind things on social media. I would like the opportunity to, to be able to address that first. And, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I think as long as people understand that a really big reason that I'm coming back to be a, a school administrator is that I have a huge heart for kids and, you know, and I love that interaction with kids and with parents. And so I want them to know that I'm there for them. You know, that's not to say that I'm not going to to do something when they've done something wrong. It needs to be addressed, you know, and, and because that's about stability in the environment and creating a community within Joplin High School and within our community that people can be proud of and want to say great things. So to answer that question, I think that piece to communicate with parents and to give them the opportunity to communicate with us, two-way communication so that, that, you know, they feel heard and, and we can at least have the opportunity to explain to, and to know that we didn't understand that this was a problem or absolutely or, you know, and that's the, the other thing too, Joe, is to say that not all things, you know, we can't control everything in the world. You know, a, a student, uh, let's say a, a junior in high school could uh, reach out on social media and make somebody feel horrible about themselves and, and, and we would address it and do something about it, but it's not to say that it's not going to happen again or that, you know, but to being vigilant to say that we will always address things, you know, and I think if people understand that that's what we're here for, you know, is yeah. to, to do the very best we can. We're not perfect and we're not going to make, not everything we're going to do is going to be right, you know, but it's, if we know we've done something that needs to be improved, well, then it's the onus is with us to improve that. Well, speaking of things you can't control, there is a renewed focus on school security these days. Yes. Uh, after the anniversary of the Parkland shooting, I think uh, reporters here at the Globe and across the country reached out to school professionals and say, hey, what have you done since Parkland? Yes. And the general answer was the same things we've been doing since Sandy Hook. Not right. as a lot changed. In your position, however, uh, you uh, you looked a student gunman in the face. Yes. So with that in with that in your background, what kind of thoughts are you bringing to school security? Where's Joplin's strengths and where's the weaknesses of that? Right. Building? Right. Um, you know, that's the thing that uh, to me, that's one of the most important things that we can do is when a parent drops their child off or when a parent hands their child a set of car keys and they drive to school, they're entrusting their child's safety with the school. The term is in loco parentis and that's in, in place of the parent. And so that's what we're doing is acting in place of the parent. So we would want to, I know in my heart that I want to do what every mother or every father would do for their own child. And so I want to make sure that every hotspot in the school. And, you know, Joplin High School is a big building. So there are hotspots and there are opportunities for 
I, I mean, if somebody's going to do something they shouldn't do, you know, they're they're at least going to attempt it. So, let, well, I mean, the the truth of the matter is, people will say, "Well, you can't control everything, and some and and something bad can happen." And and knowing that that is the reality, then we know that we need to take every precaution that we can. And so, one of the first things that I'll do is, I know that people have done it, and I know that in the past, principals have done it, and. That is walk the building and especially with people that walk the building every single day, like the custodians, they walk the building every single day and, you know, cleaning and and interacting with kids along the way. I want to involve everybody that I can to walk around and say, where do you see are some of the places that potentially could be problematic? And then so if something can be done to ensure that that area would be made more safe, then we'll do that. Certainly the security cameras are are a wonderful opportunity for the school to mitigate so many problems yeah. and or at least to to determine, hey, what happened here and there and the kind of a thing. And so uh, Jim Hounchell is the school security officer and and he monitors that very carefully. So I'll get, you know, do a walkthrough with Jim and, and make sure, make me aware of where are all of the places around the school and make sure that all the exterior doors are locked and that, that access to the school is limited and that there are people that you come through the school and you you recognize somebody, you have to sign in. It's an everyday thing. It, it's on my mind every single day. I don't go anywhere that I don't think about. I walk into a restaurant. I walk into church. I walk into, you know, the mall. I don't don't go to the mall very often, but um, <laughs> but uh, it, I, when I go anywhere, yeah. you know, I think I look around and I think, okay, what would I do if? You yeah. know, I mean, it's always on my mind. I'm vigilant about safety and I don't ever express that. I don't ever verbalize that, um, you know, because I, I think that we need a heightened awareness, but we don't need to overreact and we don't need to, we need to create the, the kind of environment that teachers and kids can come to every day that they feel safe and that they know that there are people looking out for them. Is it possible that something bad could happen? Absolutely. But you know, I, I feel like there are enough people around that keep their eyes open. And I will tell you, I have no fear whatsoever confronting anything in this world that would bring harm to our kids. So, you know, I think I want people to know that I'm vigilant about that. And that's one of the biggest things, not only kids, but teachers and staff and, and anybody, parents, anybody that walks through that school, I want them to know that I would address anything head on that would that would bring an imminent threat to us. Okay. The end of your year will end not at the high school at all, but over there at Southern. You'll be wearing a funny hat and a black robe. And if <laughs> yeah. trends hold up, yes. uh, the, there may be more students in front of you than there will yes. be in the year before. Yes. Um, talk about the focus that graduation will have uh, during your first year, yes. during every other year. Absolutely. And uh, how are things looking over at the Joplin High School? That, graduation uh, rates? You know, very, very good. And, and, you know, Joe, that's a very complex issue. Graduation is complex and certain things make it more complex. You know, the state, there, there is this thing in our APR, which is our annual progress report that comes out. And in that, that one of the components that they look at is that career and college readiness. 
And the graduation rate happens to be one of the big things on that. Absolutely. And we get a huge number of points for that. So it becomes very, very important that we track kids, that we have processes and procedures in place that keep a very close eye on on a child's progress. The difference between when a child walks out of uh, middle school or elementary going to middle school, you know, there's always that thing that you're going to the next step and the next step is a big thing. And, and, and so the one thing that kids need to remember in high school, when they step foot into high school, they're earning credit, you know, and, and the difference between high school and middle school is you may move on without passing every class that you have at high school. That's different. You know, you'll move on, but you'll, there's credit recovery. There's things that you have to do to, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like social promotion or however you look at it, it doesn't happen. That's that's the proverbial where the buck stops here. And you know, so the the onus is on is twofold. It's on students and the the the, the student piece is the parent piece. The other piece, the onus is on us to make sure that we communicate with parents and that we communicate with with um students that my gosh, the possibilities are so important that graduating with a high school diploma is the first step in, in your the rest of your life. I, I know that you are just, you haven't had a chance to be a principal of the building yet. Yes. Uh, but going into it, are you aware of any renewed efforts uh, for new programs to help uh, that mission? Uh, are, are there going to be things continuing? Yes. Uh, you know, and the counselors play a huge part in that. And I want to support the counselors in every way I possibly can. As the assistant superintendent of learning services, I created a document right now at 17 pages and it's going to continue to grow. And that document outlines very specifically everything that a child needs to do when they come to high school. That's like, okay, if I, if you want to do this, then you'll need to do this. So if you want to graduate with honors, then you'll need to know that you're going to need to take these classes and these classes, including foreign language. So that document, the ICAP that I've created, um, is the career planning um, document. It, it, that starts in middle school and counselors work with kids so that, in other words, we want kids to know on the front end and that will go home with parents for them to sign off and say, ah, so mm -hmm. I, I get it. I understand. Oh, so if Jimmy wants to go to um, a division one school to play sports or to have the opportunity to to go to J school in at uh, Mizzou or or to go to an engineering school at, at Arkansas or. Thank or, you for not saying Kansas. Appreciate that. <laughs> or yeah. Missouri Science and Technology, <laughs> or the flagship state yeah. of uh, you know at a, at a Mizzou or or my alma mater, St. Louis University. There you know, you so yeah. then go they Billikens. would would need to know that. Well, that's one of my alma maters at oh, okay. um, Go Billikens, and there's Go Lions and Go Go Gorillas. Excellent, um, excellent. But you know, the thing is that kids need to know what the expectations are. We need to know, we need to keep a, a vigilant look on if Jimmy's falling behind or Sally's falling behind or whoever that student is. If they're falling behind, we need to know that we've got processes and procedures in place to catch them up. So that's something that I'm going to look at very carefully. I know there 
are lots of things in place that teachers and counselors and administrators do. I know that, um, yeah. but I, I, I certainly want to become a part of that and, and help in any way I can. Mm, good deal. Thank you for defining ICAP, you and your educators and your acronyms. Absolutely. Get, yeah. Alphabet soup. The career planning yeah, document. Yeah. The How long do you think it's going to be before you stand in front of that student body with a guitar in your hand and just rock out? Uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I would mm. say so. I would say so. That is Music has been, you know, Joe, music has been a huge part of my life. Um, I, You know, I I share this with kids and I share this with anybody that, you know, life is, life goes by quickly and it's very important to have a plan. I always had a plan. I graduated from Parkwood High School, Go Bears, in 1978. And I knew at that time that I was, I was smooth convinced that I was going to do one of two things. I was either going to go into the Navy or I was going to be a rock star. And a couple of my friends went into the Navy and I was like, well, okay, I'm going to wait on the Navy for just a little bit and I'm going to um, be a rock star. Holding out for the kiss. Holding out for the big stuff. Yep. (laughs) And you know, I, there were time, there were those moments in my life where, you know, every musician that really, that really put in a diligent effort to do it you know, it's living in your van for a while and, and um, all of those things. But, you know, I graduated from high school in 1978 and I graduated with my first undergraduate degree in 1988. So I took a little different path than most people and I had a plan, but I knew that when that didn't work out, that that I needed to go back to school and it was important. So the the thing with music, music has played the biggest part in my life. It's been, it's, it is one of those things that brings the greatest amount of, that I have the greatest passion for. And truly, I say this and it sounds funny, but truly a stretch goal of mine is to someday win a Grammy. Right now I've got 15 original songs and I have a little band. We're called Dr. G and the Tall Man. And we play, we'll be playing in Carthage on the square uh, April 13th at 1130. Nice. Yes. And so everybody come check us out. I'll I'll play my original tunes. And so here's the thing. That all to say this. Kids that I grew up playing in the orchestra. And there are people that make the greatest effect in your life. I will never forget Mr. Terry DeLance. He he was one of those kind of guys that I just loved him with my whole heart and soul. And... He made orchestra in Parkwood High School. I had him in South Junior High and all the way through Parkwood. And he was one of those reasons that I got up and came to school every day, you know. And so the orchestra, the band, the choir, that is so important for some kids. That's their passion. They're the, they're the orchestra and band geeks. And, and I say that in, in to, to mean the most positive thing in the world. It's like because I that was me. And so I know the power of music and I know the power of connecting with kids with whatever it is, football coaches, basketball coaches, track coaches, wrestling, swimming, volleyball, all those folks, coaches know the power of connecting with kids that keeps them engaged, that keeps them coming. So for me, it was always music. I I was, um, you know, you can look at me and, and if I put my shoes on, I'm, I nearly stand five <laughs> foot seven and a half. 
If I take my shoes off, I'm I'm dead on five foot seven. So <laughs> my hands never touched a basketball that it didn't come up and hit me in the face. <laughs> but music, that's a different thing. So all that to be said, I will absolutely play some music for the kids. Excellent, excellent. Well, from one band geek to another, I appreciate you coming here and talking to us Thank today. Thank you so much, Thank you, Joe. Stephen. Uh, and yeah, good luck during your first year. Thank you very much. And that wraps up this week's episode of In Case You Missed It, sponsored by Travel Inspiration. It was a long one today. Thanks for hanging in with us. Remember that Monday is April 1st, so the things you see on Facebook may not be exactly accurate. If the pranks and hijinks of April Fool's Day annoy you, you can always head to JoplinGlobe.com for the latest breaking news across the region, the country, and the world. No fooling. I'm Joe Hadsel, and we'll see you next week. Thank you to the Joplin Globe for reviewing the four state highlights and news this week. To discover adventurous highlights around the world, find Travel Inspirations Carthage on Facebook or search our website, travelinspirations.travel. We look forward to exceeding your expectations.